how much, are we, how much are you gonna cut? Because there was so much of the song we have to get through. I know, I know. I was, I was gonna not pick a David song because it takes a while to get to the meat of it, and I didn't know if I wanted to start that way, but. R. Kelly got arrested this week, so right? Like we deserve Craig David, and I feel like he's an underappreciated British king of R and B that we have to talk about more. It's really creepy. So when the parents come out and say, "Hey, girl, come and ride around," <laughs> <laughs> ride the porch, ride the porch, kiss and caress it. Everyone knows that. Put it on. Answer phone. Please leave a message after the tone. I mean, I mean, we're being to break the rules. This song is like extra hard on a DDR level. Like we're like, I didn't realize how hard it was because each verse is a different story, so you don't know which verse you're singing until you get to the end. Late last night, two shadows moving in the bedroom light. I was dressed in black when I left you were dressed in white. Can you feel me? And then I heard that and I was like, what difference does it make you change clothes? It's like when I left, you were dressed in black when I came back. I don't know if you're extra suspicious. I mean, why are you changing clothes at night? I don't know. You're listening to 168, a podcast about everything that went down in the past 168 hours. This podcast is brought to you from the minds of Lo and Jazz, two best friends living in the Black History Month from hell. It's a weekly segment show about... Think think in living color. The musical, but with way more estrogen. And drinking. A lot more drinking. <laughs> so welcome to the show. I really liked Sicker Than Your Average, and I feel like no one Ooh. knew that song, no, that, knew that album, but like... Um, What's that flavor song? What's your flavor? Ooh, tell me what's your flavor? What's your flavor? Flavor. Yeah, no one knows that album though. It's a really good album. I would say that's the worst song on the album, Flavor. Yeah, but it was. It's it's so addicting. Yeah, it was definitely pop. Pop your what I need. Taste it. Taste it. No, that was an awesome song choice. I feel like it was nice. Like in Chicago, it's nice outside when it's like 30 degrees and it's not snowing. Yeah. People were out yesterday like, yes. I was out yesterday like that. It was beautiful. great. I walked from uh, work to happy hour. What? Just walked like Enjoying seven it. or eight blocks. Mm-hmm. Damn. It was nice. I'm just that's a, like my spirit is so ready for the sun, like yeah. to go outside and not have to prepare for war every Craig, day. Craig David makes me feel like spring and that like I'm gonna meet like the guy of my like dreams. my 11 year old like little bow wow yeah Bible camp love. And I just think it's really creepy like liking British artists because they sound completely different. I always thought I didn't know that Craig David was British until my mom told me. He's one of those people who kind of disguises his accent, but not fully. He it, kind of sounds American. It's enough to make me feel like he's a spy. Right. They all are. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't just lose and let that shit go. Oh, They're not over it. <laughs> Someone went down the list of like all the African... This is like a debate. I don't... I feel like it was overplayed. Of all the African British actors who play like African-American heroes and 
like figures in history. People are like upset because all the British actors are taking African American parts. Oh, you never seen that damn, debate? No, it's like it is extensive, but we've also played Africans for a long time and quite poorly. Yeah, quite poorly. It's <laughs> <laughs> like ruining, just butchering the whole thing. Yeah. So I mean, I really don't think I, I see people's points, but it's like we're all black. I think in in Hollywood's eyes for the for the parts. No, I just think British actors secure you more used to jobs. The They're just very—I don't know—it's just like an added sexiness to their brand. Do you think it's a safer thing? Safer, yeah. For like white people, they feel more comfortable around British black people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely an argument. <laughs> Their accent alone just <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're very fucking charming. I don't want to be around them, <laughs> they're very charming. Yeah. I really love to hear like a big ass choir sing this and like harmonize. <laughs> I know you've seen, I know it. You've seen it. I know you've seen, I know it. You've seen it. Like any, mini, money, money. Hey, How hey, many shows we hey, wanna watch? We hey, on a roll. Hey. <laughs> what have you been watching this week? So I spent an entire day watching Dating Around. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just burned perfect. right through it. It was only six episodes. I, I was like, why? I'm so pissed <laughs> off. This is a Netflix show. And it follows one person going on like five dates, five or six dates. Yeah, it's five or six dates with different people. And they go to the same place and wear the same clothes. So each date is is like the very the same environment. Yes. And they like, kind of have similar conversations. But the date also has stages. So it's almost like pre-drinks. Then dinner. Then dinner. And then the nightcap drink. And then you kind of decide who you want to date. In the next scene, they'll like show you going on a second date with that person. And it's like filmed so beautifully. Yes. In New York. And everybody's like, dating in New York is crazy. I'm like, damn. That's like a thing. And it was summertime in New York. Like, yeah. That'll make me want to move to any city. It's just summertime and people. Oh, I miss it so much. <laughs> so cold. Oh, fuck global warming. <laughs> but yeah, it was like they had... Um, a good mixture of types of people. They had a gay couple. They had a lesbian couple. They had black people, the like Asian people, like everybody, pretty much every type. Yeah. So, and just kind of like old pairing them people. up. Yeah. yeah. Old people was the cutest episode. <laughs> it's like this old guy. And they're all talking about how they um, got divorced or their husbands have died and they're just trying to find someone to travel the world with. Right. Like, like look, can you... Can you get flued out, bitch? That's basically what the questions were. old partnership is just so cute. And um, the old guy ended up choosing the black lady. Yeah, She did sign language. Bitch. Okay. Uh, She didn't tell a spoiler. (laughs) But he was like, she was like, have you ever dated a black woman? He was like, yes. It was 1950 so-and-so. He was still like, I really. Sprung off her. He was saying, um, well, I guess I'm telling all what's happening. Just watch it. (laughs) Just watch it. It's really good. But uh, Netflix also, can like continues to impress me with their programming. I'm yeah. just like, this is what I needed. I didn't even know I needed it. Right. The perfect rabbit hole for a Friday night. Yeah, for sure. It also definitely taps into dating do's and don'ts. Yeah. For real. Like, I was like, dating? Pressure. 
I don't know what dating is like right now. So it's like, <laughs> it's like a case. It was like a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. like, okay, so you don't do that. Good to right. know. Won't okay. be like that. Mm-hmm. But people have game. Like some of the, some of the people on there, I was like, you're smooth as fuck. Let me, let me. But then some of down. them were like super awkward and or like projecting their feelings onto people. But it was also. Being, in- like that one guy. Yeah. But it was also inspiring because it was like, you know, you go on five dates and maybe two of them are bad, but you still had like a good time with most of them and uh, like connected with at least one. Right. And had like decent conversation. You were found desirable. You know, you tried and you were out there. And I think like it makes going into the deep end a lot less intimidating. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see them have even a wider range of different types of couples though too. Yeah. I really wish they would have done <laughs> done like someone like me. <laughs> trying, trying to date, but <laughs> you didn't see yourself represented. No, no, yeah, it was only six episodes though, so I can see them really doing a lot more. Yes, I'm excited. What else are we watching? Grownish. Did you watch Grownish? Mm-hmm. What happened this week? <laughs> what was it about? Uh, Just give me a general. Luca had an art show and he had a painting. Nope, I didn't see it. Damn, but you can tell me. I'm not, did you see the one I'm before that? It anyway. Yes, I did. The one where that they was were. Better. Yeah, where she was dressing the twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. Yeah. I felt like they'd kind of gotten back to their just safe zone. <laughs> a messaging. That episode, yeah. yeah, without doing too much advertising or... Don't be a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is much better. <laughs> and then, um, are you still talking about Grownish? Because I want to talk yeah. about... Aaron okay. and... Um, what happened? Oh, yeah. Aaron together. and the... So I only call her the Trump-supporting... Like Republican, one. yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't like her. Me neither. <laughs> and I, I felt like in the first season, I had that same feeling about her, and I was like, they're trying to normalize being like conservative, having I don't know, I don't know. I just feel like it's like not something that should friends. be like, oh, we're just yeah, we should be friends, and like we can all put our differences aside. No. But it's like literally your beliefs are oppressing people like me. <laughs> So this hand movement right now is everything. Like, I don't really know. So we really, I mean, we can't be friends. I'm not going to, like, hate you. I don't have to go out of my way to do anything. But we're not going to be, like, in the same circle living together, probably. So It's like she chose to do that. But also, I think that um, Aaron is, like, basic. So it's fine to just, like, throw him anywhere. Because they made him really basic. They did. He has no depth at all. But then again, I don't really do. He's, he was so fine, but I feel like the more you hear him talk, like the, the more The less like, fine he gets? Yeah. I feel the same way. It's like she chose, like if I were Zoe, I probably wouldn't have chosen right, but I probably would have loved Aaron too. He's I don't feel like great. any of her options were that great. <laughs> Honestly. Because Luca is shit. No, oh he's like, God. them even trying to spin that like it's a good relationship is, is like, no, not at all. I didn't want to talk this much about Grownish. But I guess, you know, sometimes <laughs> it's not even that much because <laughs> there's so much to talk about. I don't know you've seen it and grown seems to get his shit together. I don't feel like giving it the time. OK, well, what else are we watching this week? This is us. What's going on? on watch it. Uh, you didn't watch it, did you? No, I've been catching up, though. I started watching it again. I haven't watched it in like a year. Do you care if I talk about it? No. OK, I don't care about spoilers at all. Okay, so this week, or maybe it was last week, I caught up a couple of days ago. Anyway, they're going into Beth's backstory and her parents and how when she was growing up, she wanted to be a dancer. Oh. And then her dad died, so she left her dreams behind and went to college because she didn't make it on like the 
the ballet, you know, the final performance when you go to ballet school. Oh, dang. Yeah, she didn't make it get a solo. Oh. We should know this by all the dance movies we watch. She didn't get a solo. I just watched Center Stage. Like, I rented the movie from YouTube <laughs> last night. I can't even imagine what that would look like right now. Is it good? Yes. Really? So I haven't seen it in so long. I look at it with such a different lens now that I'm older. Yeah? Yeah. I need to go back and watch my dance movies. I feel like I'm keeping them, like, on a little... Like, I love you guys. I'm not going to watch you again. <laughs> no, it was good to watch. It was good to watch. Because I love Step Up, too. Made it more scandalous. Okay. Because you were catching things. Yeah. 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 Well, she wanted to be a dancer. And they had a, a young girl playing her that looked just like her. Like, really? same expressions. I was like, this is whatever contract y'all have. Like, whatever time machine. It was really, really good. And I love when they focus on the black people on the success because they are honestly the best characters. Yes. It's just real. It's like they put the extra little like sprinkle on their mm-hmm. stories where I'm like, yes, yes. it's perfect. And it's like, I love watching This Is Us, even though it's like mainstream and yeah. prime time and whatever, kind of cheesy. But that show is one of the few shows where they let like black, the black actresses do their hair however they want to. Like Beth can do all her natural hairstyles and they say like black things. Oh. And you know, like how Grownish started doing that too as well in Blackish. Yeah. Just kind of incorporating real actual things. Like um, I was listening to an interview, I think it was with Yara's hairstylist. On a podcast. I forgot which one. Anyway, she was talking about how they had to get th- go through so much to get Yara to wear a do-rag on screen because the producers weren't going to allow it. What? Like when she woke up in the morning. Yeah. So when you hear shit like that, it's wow. like you start to really appreciate when people start to dribble in real references to Black life. You're like, I feel so seen right now. <laughs> but like they really had to go through a whole thing to get her them to not like straighten her hair. And she has a contract about her hair where they can't put heat on it, which more and more actresses are doing, like taking care of our hair. And it just kind of shows a a cool transition of pride and like protecting our edges and, you know, not, you know, not letting white people ruin our hair. That's so nice. Or make us look crazy. So uh, what else happened with Beth? Um, Like any, well, her father passed away. So she decided not to do dance. And Mm -hmm. then she, this season she had lost her job. So she was feeling directionless and she was like, Oh, I've always been trying to like fit into this box, but I've always just wanted to be a dancer and I threw it away. And then she goes back and she um, tries to be a dance teacher. Really? That's her new like thing. Oh my God. I'm glad. That's perfect for her. Because Randall's been just going anywhere. So I feel like she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. She was saying, and this was like, I've never really seen, maybe I have seen it, but I don't recall seeing a storyline where she was like, my husband is so sure of himself and his dreams and he just like goes for it. But I felt like I couldn't go for my dreams for so long and I can't even like be fully happy for him. I can't fully be there for him because I don't have the same belief in myself. Yeah. I was like, Oh God. That's so nice. It was very nice. This is us gets me every fucking time. I'll never stop. (laughs) Can't stop. Won't stop. Other things that happened this week. Portia got engaged. You sent me that. <laughs> You're like, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's nice just because Portia's grown a lot over the past few years. And like the, I guess their song was this Lil Mo song. And so he got Lil Mo to come sing it. And then she, she thought that she was going to like a charity event. So she was walking in like, babe, they're playing our song. Oh, that's cute. And then like she walked in and it's roses everywhere. And it's just like Lil Mo <laughs> like, cute. ready to settle down, ready to 
start a life. Mo has a wedding song, like a wedding. It's like song. a hood love song. Okay. Yeah. Which I can appreciate just as much, I think. I yeah. think it's really cute. And then, like, she was, like, so overwhelmed. And then she saw Bravo, and it was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> How long have they been dating? Um, Like, months. Yeah, like, it's a really quick, like, okay. baby relationship. I was like, how many months? And he was, like, a pretty messy past. So, like, Candy was, like, spending the whole season talking about how he was, like, fucked all these other girls. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when she was like, I'm pregnant, it was like, congratulations. Yeah, I can't be. Like, now you're making fun of a pregnant woman. Like, chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you got to chill. Yeah. So. But it was well, good. I hope it works out. Yeah. I mean, even though he's, what, like, a player or something? I is he? Like Do you were, feel like that? I feel like they were throwing hints to that he was gay. Oh. Too. Yeah. Like, they were... Well, that's worse. Yeah. But they were also like, oh, he's dated this girl and he gets, like, ta- their names tattooed on him. And, like, he does the same, like, grand gestures for girls. And it's, like, it happens really early in the relationship. But also, like, a few other people have insinuated, like... He gets around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's enough to be, like... And he looks like it too, so you're like, oh, what does he look like? <laughs> what does he look like? <laughs> I'm gonna show you, you're gonna be like, oh, oh, oh no. Oh, happy for her anyway. Yeah. Love is in the air, it's still February. So, what else is making us feel the love in the air? You have the Ma trailer. Oh, that's not, it's not, that's not love. It's not love. <laughs> but it does look good. Arthur does not agree with me. He thinks it's going to be trash. But really? it's, it's Octavia Butler. And she lives in the woods or some shit. And it's, <laughs> I don't know, like a regular suburban kind of community. And these kids want her to buy liquor for them. Like they see her at a like, gas station. It looks country. Somewhere like, you know, off the grid. And she was like, no, I can't do that. And they were like, please. And she was like, all right. And she did it. And then she was like, you guys want to come have a party at my house? You got to watch it. You got to watch it. This sounds crazy. And she ends up like befriending the kids. And then like she fucking kills the kids. (laughs) And like she has some connection to their parents from high school. And she's just crazy. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Octavia Spencer, I feel like, am I saying Butler or Spencer? Spencer. You just said Spencer. I said Butler the first time. I was thinking about my books. Um, she just looks like she can play this villain. I just see it. I, like, I'm ready for all the horror, like, in her eyes. You know, she already had, like, that one one twitching eye that makes mm-hmm. her look a little crazy. <laughs> but, like, in the context of scary, like, music and... <sighs> I'm just ready. I'm ready to be overwhelmed. I feel like now that we're getting a whole new genre of horror, like, black horror films, I have to watch these. You have to watch Us too. I know, I will. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah. Okay. I'm just wondering. We didn't talk about it. I know. The Twilight Zone trailer came out too. Really? Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. When does that Have you heard out? about that? No. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know. I didn't pay attention to the date. I think it's sometime before summer though. Hmm. He's redoing like all the classics and he'll be the guy hosting the Twilight Zone. Oh. I'm redoing it in his own way. But, like it was, It's like a star-studded cast because it's like people coming in and out like um Sonia Lathan's in it and like other people with names if Arthur was here he would definitely help <laughs> I thought I I don't know I thought Sonia Lathan wouldn't work again after Beyonce after she bit Beyonce yeah I don't know I feel like that's kind of an extreme reason not to cast someone in things what <laughs> she just probably was like off of Molly or something and she just <laughs> 
didn't recognize the problem that was going to happen if she got this close to Beyonce. Just a wild night, and no. I think she needs to be forgiven. Really? She shaved her head off in that Netflix movie. No. That doesn't count, because she always plays some high-strung, crazy-ass character. I think I, that's partially who she is. I just think that I, off of Molly, at a party, would be possibly liable to do some crazy Beyonce, shit Beyonce, though. It wouldn't be an aggressive... I don't think it was an aggressive bite. It wasn't like she was a rabid dog. I think she, like, nibbled at her a lot. <laughs> Okay. I've never she taken Molly, but I heard it makes you real touchy feely. And maybe Dang. she just came in for a hug and this is kind of like, <laughs> just a little bit, you know? Maybe she was like shooting her shot. Who knows? Damn. And Who it was knows? like that. And everybody's yeah. like, you bet her. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I freaking annihilate and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Twilight Zone, anyway. Check that out. Check out when it's due, when it's coming out, and then tell me. Because I don't know. <laughs> and that's all I had for I know you've seen it. All right, what's next? Let's get personal, personal. I want to get personal, personal. What's worse, breaking character to keep a friend or to keep or get a man? Um, breaking character to get a friend or to get a nigga? That's like breaking character, like, as in acting outside of your character, like doing something that you wouldn't normally do that you don't want to do for that person. Like lowering your standards or getting walked all over or like. Mm, it's kind of a hard question. I made it up. I, I, I didn't really have an answer for it. I think yeah? it's way worse to do it for a nigga. Well, Ooh, does it depend the, on the nigga? No, they're I like both they're bad. Both, yeah. <laughs> I was like imagining the worst case scenario for each like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think a man, because at the end of the day, like you didn't have your, yourself, like you didn't stand a chance. I would also say a man because there are worse repercussions maybe for when you break character for a man. Or for a significant other, because I don't know, I just feel like it's yeah, more isolated. pain. Yeah, you're more isolated with them. You spend more time with them, and you're like not being yourself, and or you're fitting your life around them. Yeah, and I feel like that's more tied to like your self value. Yeah, Whereas than your friends. Friends, yeah, friends. It's like you can jig your way out and make new friends without it being like a whole commitment. <laughs> to, like, <laughs> your life is ruined in life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we came to a conclusion. See, we always do. Yes. What's the next one? Should men ask women what they want sexually, or is it women's oh job to tell them? I think it's that men should ask. You think they should ask? I think it's it should be. If the world was the place that it should be, men would make sure that women have just as good of a time, if not more of a good time, having sex than they do. Like... It yeah. should be an equal thing because I feel like I'm not even men and women. I, I guess I'm leaving people out. Sorry, y'all. Just people like dominant people and like more um, sexually reserved people because it tends to be women, men, whatever, feminine, masculine. Um, it should be equal. 
And I think that it is kind of like, and I was, I brought this question up because I had this long conversation about it the other day and I was the only person in the room that thought this, but I was like, it's just feminism. We go out of our way. Well, I think men, I mean, you guys are going to make sure you get enough, but we like want, we're there for that too. Like we're trying to like please you because we are trained to, or like society says we have to. Mm-hmm. I agree. I also think I could, I think that also requires me to communicate more because I feel like I am so used to being like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and the Apollo would. broom comes out like, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> That has to you change. Know? There has to be a revolution. I think I have to assert myself more. And I think in those moments where I'm like, can you just not? <laughs> I'd rather not go the whole yeah. way with But I do think coaching. that in general it should be a, a more equal effort to 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 even to even it out. Yeah. I just feel like the world's already so shitty in so many ways that we could at least make sex it's like a consensual talk- sex better. Yeah. We all try to do that. Get feedback. Get a performance review. Because I'm like, y'all know that women be faking orgasms and shit. Like, y'all read this on the internet. You know that it's, that we don't come as easily as you. There is no male coalition making an effort to make sure that women are sexually pleased. There are just bad report cards out on you everywhere. And we talk about it. (laughs) We talk about it. I'm like, hmm. Like, no, Throw it in the file. It wasn't really that. All that. So try. (laughs) Put a little effort in. Brand means everything. It really does. <laughs> First impressions and all that. And that's all we have for Let's Get Personal. 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 Welcome to Obscure History That You Never Knew You Needed to Know with Jazz. So this week for Obscure History, I'm so excited to start this Mariah Carey series with you all because I found a source that basically gave me the like behind the music on at least like 10 Mariah Carey songs. So I'm really, really excited. Yeah. Love love the queen. Love Mariah. She's a messy diva who lives for drama. <laughs> uh, but this week I'm doing a song she came out with in 1995 and it was her fifth best single. Fifth biggest single ever. Is it crazy? I really want to learn lyrics for you. I want to do it for you. It's not for everybody. But the song was sampled from the Tom Tom Club's Genius of Love. And I used to like really love this sample because my dad had this as his ringtone for like seven years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first part, like the. <laughs> yeah. What you gonna do? Yeah. yeah it goes, I can like, imagine. For 30 <laughs> seconds long, and then you're just like in the store, and he's like all slow getting it out. Like, that's <laughs> my mom when she had Alicia Keys' No One as her ringtone. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> We hated that song. She never answers her phone. The woman like just lets it ring <laughs> throughout the house. Throughout the house. That's funny. But it was written by uh, Mariah Carey and producer Dave Hall. And he also worked on her, like Dream Lover with her. And so this record was meant to have a lot more of an urban vibe. Like that was the whole framing of them trying to make this record. Sounds about 2000. 
1995. Sounds about 1995. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> um, but the main person that gave us most of these details is Corey Rooney. And he's an A&R rep. Um, and he came from Uptown and he works on Mary J. Blige's What's the 411. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he brought, he brought in uh, P. Diddy, a.k.a. Puffy at the time. Um, because P. Diddy was an intern at Uptown, like when he was a like executive, and he was known for being rude. Did he? Yeah. As an intern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's known for being rude. Yeah, I can imagine. Mariah was excited to work with Puffy, but Puffy didn't want to work with Mariah. Damn, why? He said, "Absolutely not. She's whack. I'm on a little streak right now. You know that's the way." <laughs> that's the way he talked wow. he said i don't need no whack juice on me right now <laughs> and so then Corey, the entity is a hater <laughs> asshole he's a hater like he's not actually that good at spotting talent i feel like he always just happens upon good talent on accident but like making the band okay making the band was good talent but he can't like foster it he you know he, he can't doesn't know like what's really good no because he's not a perform like he's he happens to be able to perform, but he's not supposed to be a performer. He just really likes to be there in the center <laughs> of all the attention. So the AR rep sent like details about Mariah Carey because she was already really popping then. And he called back an hour later saying, Yo, you didn't tell me she sold 28 million records. <laughs> you think they'd give me 60,000 to produce this? <sighs> And then the a rep was like, bet. And so then Puffy was like, I'm there. <laughs> oh, so, okay, it worked out. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to. And then um, when thinking about what rapper they actually wanted on it, they brought an old dirty bastard because Mariah Carey loved him from his Wu-Tang days. So that's like the special sauce on this song. It was all her. Yeah. Like, she's a true, true artist. And um, when they were first, like, recording the song... She liked the original record, and in, like, four hours, she just worked on only chord progressions and, like, singing her melody lines to get the concept. And then he would just let her freestyle for, like, 20 minutes, like, each run. Mm-hmm. And then, kind of, like, that's how they got the basis of the entire, like, melody and song. <laughs> that's a really cool way. I don't know how to produce songs, but it sounds like a cool way to do it. The producer was like, I think that art is lost now. The way people write songs now is by email. So you miss the interaction between like creative people. Hmm. He said she was really focused and she has like weird quirks, but she's like a very strong perfectionist. Her vocals have to be perfect. Yeah, I can imagine that. (laughs) But when Diddy finally came in, he... (laughs) He came in the studio and told like the original producer that worked on it that he was whack. <laughs> so he took so he was really heavy into the word whack yeah. back then. He was like, use it for everything. So he's the one who added the what you're gonna do when you get out of jail, because he was like, You're using the wrong part of the song. Like the lit part of the song is this. Like you need to to use that. And he slowed the song down and added like the extra beat on it. And then he was like, I'm gonna do the remix. And that's the only like part that he has on the song. That's not my favorite part. What is your favorite part of the song? ODB's intro and Mariah Carey's runs. How much overall do you think ODB costs to record the song? I have to guess. Yes. 10 grand? 
10 grand? Yeah. It was 30 grand for him to do the song and then another uh that's a lot. I think another 15 grand for him to shoot the video. And then not including credit card costs. Wow. I need to get into entertainment like this podcast thing. So you need to start rapping. It's not cutting it. <laughs> uh so he wanted 15,000 to rap uh on the record at the time and he showed up 3 hours late. He'd been drinking and was on the phone screaming and telling some girl that he's going to come kill her and that he's going to, like, kick her ass. And then whispering, I love you in between it. Like, I'm going to come fuck you up. (laughs) Whoa. This happened for an hour. And then once he got off the phone, he was like, give me some Moet and Newports. But it was 1230 at night. And so the, like, white assistants were like, we don't know where to go. Like, there's nothing open that we'll be able to get this for you. And then he was like, he called them all white devils. <laughs> and he said, y'all don't want black people to have shit. So he sent them out and all they could find were Heinekens. Damn. And so he like took a Heineken and like threw it against the wall. So what you're saying is we have to do an obscure studio on ODB. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and so then he recorded one line. The me and Mariah go back like babies and pacifiers. Me and, and Mariah go back like babies and pacifiers. And then he was like, yo, I need a break. And napped for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he It's wo- just the artistry. He just needed to. He woke up and asked so what, he, what he did so far. So they played him that one line. Mm-hmm. And then he recorded the next line. And then he went back to sleep. And it took him hours to finish. <laughs> How long did it take total? They say five. Five hours? Yes. The verse today is like chopped up pieces of the recording session. And he kept telling them, y'all better have y'all shit set and record white. Cause, right, because I'm not doing it again. For $30,000. Mm-hmm. And so the engineers pulled an all-nighter to finish it. And then they, when they heard it, Mariah Carey was married to Tommy Matola at the time. He was a big like A&R mm-hmm. rep. Or no, he was a big like music executive. Yeah. And I remember that. He was like, let's get ODB back in the studio. And instead of just New York in the house, he does a line for each city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the, the rep was so like, he came back? Yeah, the, the, the ANR rep was like, you gotta be kidding me. And so he was like, if you want me to come back, you have to give me another $15,000. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was doing it right. Besides the whole being abusive thing. Yeah. And so then the song did so well that when it was time to do a music video, ODB was like, give me another $15,000. <laughs> and then what are you going to do at that point? And so he came and they um, sent him a limo and he drank everything. So by the time he showed up to set, he was like really fucked up. <laughs> and um, when they came for his scene, like they were like, oh, like, do you need anything to wear? And he was like, no, like this is hip hop. I'm just going to wear Tim's. And so it was time for his Fair. scene. And then he was like, what the fuck am I going to wear? <laughs> Did ODB have like a drinking problem? I mean, anything more than that? I don't know. I actually don't know much. We're going to find out and let y'all know. <laughs> but uh, so the the president was like, okay, send, like, go to the mall with a company credit card, buy what you need to wear for this shoot. And they lost ODB in the mall and they found him in the Louis Vuitton store. <laughs> trying to buy luggage <laughs> he says he was going to use it for the seed <laughs> it's like yeah you need a louis bag i feel like that. he's giving me 
like 2017 Mariah. <laughs> like, he was tweaking a little bit more than just on liquor. Um, but he ended up getting a whole bunch of Tommy Hilfiger and Timberlands. And that ended up being like an iconic look for the video. And then when it was for real time to do his scene, he was like, I'm not going to wear no shirt. They were like, okay, because what do you do? And just wore jeans and Tim's. <laughs> I should have refreshed that. today and watched the video. It was good. And they, oh yeah, the video had like, uh, Mariah Carey executive produced it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Old Dirty Bastard, like the opening scene has a clown tied up to a pole because it happens at a carnival. Yeah, I remember. And she's like on the roller coaster and stuff. But the opening scene is like of the clown like tied up to the pole. And that was Old Dirty Bastard's idea, of course. This is all coming like together. Um, but the last thing I had was one night, uh, Corey Rooney and Mariah Carey and Tommy Matola, like after, shortly after the song released, they went to uh, dinner in Harlem. And on their way back, they were riding in the limo. And every club and every car was playing fantasy. <laughs> and Mariah put on her sunglasses and started to cry um, because she couldn't believe her record was getting played like all throughout the hood. Yeah. And that was the beginning of her like not doing pop anymore because she was like wanting to do R&B music for a while. And she was talking about how she would trade all of her record sales to get the respect that Mary J. Blige got. And she was like, Mary doesn't have to sell 28 million records to be respected. Wow. People just respect her. And I just want to be respected like her. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Mariah Carey felt that way. I know. I was like, she has a heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something that's a, a very like, something that should be aspirational for more artists, I think, is to be respected. Respected. Yeah. So that's another um, gold star from Mariah Carey for me. I like yeah, that story. And she writes her own songs and she's the one who like drove who got her features. So she's just overall <sighs> talented. The baddest. <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to dance, bitch. <laughs> but the dancing, you really just shouldn't. Yeah, no. You don't have to. Just don't. Just sit. Just sit. Just sit. This week on America is still on fire. Okay, so this week, Bernie Sanders, the senator from Vermont, announced that he's running for president of the United States of America in 2020. Together, you and I and our 2016 campaign began the political revolution. Now it is time to complete that revolution and implement the vision that we fought for. I thought he was too old. He would, if he won the election, he would be the oldest sitting president ever. 77 he is right now. So 77? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's my old. God. Yeah, he's really old. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, like, not okay. <laughs> I know. So um, since we're doing 2020 Vision, I'm going to give you the pros and cons of Bernie as a presidential candidate. Lay it on me. One you already got, one con you already got is that he's old as fuck, like super old. Uh, not exactly the most charismatic man. <laughs> he's kind of I'm like loving this list. Not the most charismatic man. Like, you know, bah humbug, kind of a grouchy, crotchety old man. Um, but apparently, he's been that way his whole life. So when he was um, 
I think when he was in school in University of Chicago, someone described him as a really good leader, but that he was just like not very personable. <laughs> so Damn. Uh, that may I be a that's, struggle. That's always that might be a good that. point. Like he's just always kind of been that way. It's not because he's old, so he's still. Maybe you just have to get to know him. Because some people think I'm a dictator, and then you get to know me, and it's like I'm I'm great. Yeah, I think. Well, it may be different because he's actually an old. He acts old. He actually when you get to man. <laughs> like people that know him are like, yeah, he's grumpy. <laughs> um, gosh, should I do a con or a pro? I'll finish. A pro. A pro? Okay. Um. He has a very, very long history with uh, activism in America, progressive activism, uh, mm. democratic socialism. So when he was uh, first ran for office, he ran as an independent against kind of the he didn't he never liked the Democratic Party. So, you know, <laughs> the whole fiasco in the 2016 election where he wanted to run independent and the DNC is like to be Democrat to declare for the Democratic candidacy. So he did. Um, but he was like, fuck this. <laughs> like, he's like, I hate the democratic machine and kind of like the DNC and how they pick their candidates, like whoever they want, who's ever mm. going to like, make sure we keep our corporate connections and right. every the status quo like stays the same. He's always been like a radical outside of that little framework. The DNC likes to keep their, their legislation and or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he did that and he declared in 2016, he was an underdog. No one really thought he was going to. Do shit. Do shit. He like made an announcement. No one even cared. He ended up almost being Hillary Clinton in the primary. Like it was super close. I think it was 47, 49 or something like that. Yeah. Um, but just through like grassroots organizing, because people love Bernie. White people, white progressives love Bernie. But then a lot of minorities and like women do as well, because uh, another good point is his platform. So he runs on a platform against classism. So it's more about breaking up big banks and the billionaire class, uh, just coming for people's pockets. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, breaking down the wealth gap. Uh, but he's also big into the environment and stuff like that. So, which are important things like <laughs> the world is ending. It's like, falling. It's <laughs> falling apart. It's falling gonna apart. End. And when it ends, like taxes won't matter, bitch. Your job's not gonna matter. Like, we all have to care now. We have to care now. You don't like, understand. Like, it was a polar vortex and then 50 degrees. Like, we're gonna die. We're gonna die. Gee, have you seen that video of um, Senator Feinstein? Feinstein? No. She's like an old lady and she was in her office with a bunch of kids. <laughs> it's on Twitter. I'll, I'll play the clip here. Okay. We're trying to promote the Green New Deal. Well, there are reasons why I can't, because there's no way to pay for it. Yes, there is. Well, That's we have tons of money, money going to the military. Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do Senator, if is this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and all the You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. So basically all these Democratic senators and, and well, it got this Green New Deal got through the House. And the Green New Deal um, is basically a plan to equalize carbon emissions in the next 10 years. So make it equal input and output of carbon and just balance out so we're not adding more CO2 to the 
um, already really fucked up ozone layer problem, <laughs> greenhouse Can't even gas get to problem. It's just like just keep it the yeah, same. Yeah, let's just try to equalize. Um, and it would take a huge overhaul of the fossil fuel industry, which has been right, right now the cheapest form of energy, and uh, really shake up the economy. It would really <laughs> shake the table. But scientists at some large scientisty summit <laughs> came together last year, maybe the year before, and said that we have till 2040 before there are like the weather becomes extreme and starts to cost a lot of money to either help people or like like have FEMA come through. Like yeah. there's going to be like ice storms and like fire. <laughs> like it's going to be fucked up by 2040, like really bad. So they're like, you have to take swift action. Like y'all really got to do something. Like this is like the first part of all the movies where the world ends, yeah. like the day after tomorrow. Yeah. But they're like, okay, so a tornado hit um, twenty states at one time. We're actually we're really serious this time. Yeah. <laughs> like so, um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez came up with this bill. Her and um, I think another senator. Oh, it's AOC. Yeah, yeah, another senator from. He doesn't get as much attention. I'm sorry, bro. Like, um, <laughs> she's just really hot right now. And anyway, so it it says that they're going to do that. It also um, makes plans, kind of vague plans for industry, like high speed rails across the country, so we can stop relying so much on um, airplanes yeah. and things that really eat up, like fossil fuels and it's a very like big bill that also includes like high paying jobs for people and just fixing things that aren't actually fully related to <laughs> you're like and then the you can pay them 20 they're like it's kind of like putting everything so i think they're aiming high but a lot of democratic senators and legislators have um been like we can't like whatever that green new deal is like <laughs> we can't do it who's gonna do that we're not like <laughs> But because there's so much support for it generally and for um, Ocasio-Cortez that they're starting to like come around, get nervous. like (laughs) Because when you do endorse it, it's a very radical thing. A lot of them probably have ties to these industries. These industries are huge. A lot of the constituents probably work for like energy industries and industries that are not planning to cut like the meat industry and things like that. They don't want to change their practices and they get money from them. So they're like, look. If you make me vote on this, <laughs> like if you make me vote on this, <laughs> but Senator Mitch McConnell said they're going to vote on it. I think, I don't know if it's next week. So he's going to force all these democratic senators to make a choice. Like y'all really? got to like, yeah. And a lot of them are like, so let's pass this one. <laughs> it's the Green New Deal light. <laughs> Where we can put a carbon tax on it. Like we've been doing for however long and just make it better. But it's going to take, like most things to be solved, a drastic remedy. Damn. So, yeah. I think we need to do something because the world is ending. Like, literally, even beyond watching the clip, it's like, we we have to do something. Like, okay, I don't care, but everybody <laughs> else can't care. <laughs> but you need to care. I know. I'm starting to care now that, like, I live in a fucking place with polar vortex. Well, yeah, that's and, basically like, this We live in tornado, like hella tornadoes like i can't survive a tornado this winter has me like ready to raise honeybees or something yeah like, like we have to, to have a dungeon ready yeah I'm, I'm recycling for real what are we gonna do we need to have like a plant we should get some waters yeah some jugs Beans. of water lots of wine wine yeah but we gotta stockpile wine. the important things, things. And yeah, milk duds are some floaties because i can't really swim <laughs> ends up being like some milk shit. duds <laughs> <laughs> it ends up being some like fluffy shit <laughs> 
A life jacket. <laughs> a life jacket. You know, some um, flashlights. Gas batteries. Did you know a black man invented the gas mask? Really? Yes. Wow. I should honestly pull up his name. I'll put it I'll put it in the link description. Because I, I read a whole list today. Did you know a black man invented a doorknob? I did know that. I didn't know I that. Did I was like, they put all these doorknobs in these old-fashioned, fancy movies. And I'm like, yo, niggas didn't have doorknobs. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> you didn't have doorknobs. They weren't real. <laughs> Bernie Sanders. I was talking about Bernie Sanders when I got into the Green New Deal. Yes. Sorry. Large sidetrack. Um, more, pro, I don't know if this is the pro or a con, but Bernie Sanders has actual little like family members who were killed in the Holocaust. Oh. He has an uncle who was killed in the Holocaust. Oh my God. Like that's how close he is to World War II. Oh. Like, <laughs> he remembers that shit. Was there, dang. He protested with um, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee in the 60s during the Civil Rights Movement. Um, and in Chicago, he protested segregation at UIC and volunteered for like progressive political campaigns. He was a politics major, political science major. Wow. So he was real deep in the trenches with that. <laughs> then he ran for office as an independent, obviously, in, in um, Vermont and just kept on going and was always the crotchety old man <laughs> pushing for kind of radical things. He is one of the reasons why we even consider Medicare for all. Because that was like, I mean, five years ago, not five years ago. Kind of. Maybe like six or seven years ago, people were like, that's never going to fucking happen. Like, never. Yeah, like, we're just not going to do it. Don't even talk <laughs> about it. So, I mean, he's definitely been pushing the party in the right direction. Is he old? Is yes. he not very appealing? Yes. I mean, and also, do we still have post-traumatic stress disorder from the 2016 election where, you know, <laughs> he damn near like <laughs> ruined it for everybody. <laughs> and all these Bernie supporters were like, I'm not even going to vote. <laughs> Bernie or die. <laughs> I was like, okay. So and now look for definitely still have some trauma, but he is a good candidate, I think, probably in the top tier for me. I'm not like thrilled about it, but he's still anything's better than Trump. Yeah. Anything's better than Trump. I get excited anything's when I think better about better than Trump. Yeah. La 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 anything's better than Trump. Anything's better than Trump. Anything's better than Trump. La 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 la. There are some pitfalls um, as far as how Bernie, I guess, sees diversity as a white man. I mean, I guess it's to be expected, Um, but he likes to focus on classism and ignore how identifies that. So race and sex, obviously. Uh, And this has been exemplified by how he answered questions about things like Black Lives Matter and um, sexual harassment. Well, they there was a protest at one of his rallies in 2016 where Black Lives Matter protesters got on stage and were like interrupting him. And he was pretty much like, I'm not going to talk to y'all about anything. Like, get off my stage. <laughs> like, yeah. So he does have a kind of a history of being dismissive towards those ideas and and I think thinking that if he just focuses on making sure that the gender gap, the wage gap closes, that none of these problems will continue to fester and cause more financial problems for people and more inequities. Well, okay. Anyway, anyway. he um, also, when he was asked why Stacey Abrams, the um, candidate for governor in Georgia, lost, um, 
he said that she was too progressive and that white people are not, <laughs> who are not racist, are not necessarily ready for a black female leader. Uh, he said this in a GQ interview. And the interviewer was like, but in order to not want to vote for someone just because they're black, it doesn't have to be <laughs> racist. Like, <laughs> like, he also was hesitant to call Trump a race, a racist. Really? Yeah. Oh. During this 2016 election, I think he's just afraid of alienating poor white people. So he goes out of his way. But like, I couldn't trust him to get into office and then do what's right by black people. We'll get into reparations next week. I have a whole segment about reparations and what the candidates this cycle around think about reparations um, and why they're important. Happy Black History Month. Um, but yeah, so he's not all right on all that. From, like segregation to not. To like not wanting to call Trump a racist—that's the most—that's the most obvious thing that you can do right now. Yeah, since then he has done it. It's—I think it's all strategy. It's just a poor strategy because we don't have time. Just like we don't have time to wait for the environment, we don't have time to wait to try and get you know the the, the wage gap closed and eliminate the, the billionaires from the world. Um, I mean, we don't have time to wait on racism either. Cause that's what we've been doing for hundreds yeah. of years. It's kind of like putting it on the back burner and like hoping and nothing will. Bernie's the white guy um, in the office. Come up. Bernie's the white guy in the office. That's nice to you, but doesn't actually like think you're smart. Damn. You think so? Maybe. If I'm not, not like ready a... for like a black woman leader. Like they're not ready for you. Like. Yeah. So shouldn't you be fighting to create an environment for me? That means that you're not for me. Right. Like, Yeah. I know it's fucked up, though. It's like we don't have <laughs> – hopefully someone will come out of the woodwork and be like someone that is exciting. But yeah. Bernie's not particularly exciting. He's just maybe the best we can get. Yeah. Well <laughs> – also, a reminder, the Chicago mayoral election is this Tuesday, February 26th. Vote or die, motherfucker. Yeah, that's um, sounds like a threat. Um, that's good, though. You should vote. It's that important. Vote in local elections, not just federal ones, because these are the ones that will impact you most directly, from your trains, girl, to your minimum wage. Um, so get out and vote. Vote progressive, of course. Um, and you can go on Google to find all of the information about voting. I think there's same-day registration. So Google me, baby. If you can Google something, if you can get your oil changed, if you can um, get a new license or whatever you got to do not to get a ticket, you can go vote. So do that shit. Do that shit. Do it. So what's the conspiracy? Okay, so we were inspired to start a new segment this week, uh, Conspiracy Theories That You Wish Were Not True, <laughs> by Mr. Jesse Smollett. Um, so this story has come quite a long way. If you are not familiar with it, um, peek out from under the rock <laughs> you're living under because it's everywhere that Jesse Smollett lied about the attack that he allegedly said was per perpetrated by two white MAGA supporters in Chicago and um, simultaneously ruined Black History Month for everybody. <laughs> it's gone. It's demolished. It's over. 
we're, we're done. I just, yeah, it's very uncomfortable right now. I feel I just believed. I got you. pie on my face. I don't feel like I have pie on my face. I'm a, I, I saw a couple posts about this that encouraged me to live in my opinion because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to believe anyone who says they were attacked in like a way that we know people are attacked. We know that um, LGBTQ people get attacked at a higher rate and that black people do as well. Yeah. So like, I'm not going to feel bad for believing. And if you didn't believe it initially, like right off the bat, I probably could assume that you don't are not on the right survivors. side of things. So yeah, fuck those guys still. Fair. I wonder, like, what – so what do you think it is? What are – what's the story timeline looking like that gives us facts? Okay. So as we know, Jesse was sent a letter in the mail, apparently, on January 22nd. And it was, like, a threatening letter that said, oh, like, we're going to kill you, black F word. And it was, like, a – a childlike drawing of a child like shoot pointing a gun <laughs> at him and like a cut out magazine like, letters. Like there was a lot going on in the letter. I was just like, what uh, now that now that you know all the facts, like you know that he did it or had a part in it, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, who did this? So that was sent. He told the Empire producers, um, and I think mm, he, someone tweeted about it. His sibling tweeted about it. The story goes that he was not satisfied with the response from the letter. Uh, so he <laughs> arranged for two Nigerian men. One of his one was his trainer. I think the other one worked on the Empire set. They were both connected to him somehow. To attack him uh, for $3,500. Just he wrote a check in his name personal check to these two men who, when they were arrested after they got off the plane from Nigeria, because the police were investigating the hate crime, when they were arrested, um, basically were like, look, <laughs> like $3,500 is not nearly enough for me to get in trouble for this. Right. So the police um, warrant, they went into the Nigerian's apartment. I think they lived together. And there was like rope and a MAGA hat and basically all the evidence laid out Scooby-Doo style. Like, <laughs> Scooby-Doo style. <laughs> like, it, just, it happened that easy, right? I don't trust the CBD. I feel like there's got to be fabrication in this story, but yeah. like it's, yeah, it's just a shit show. So they arrested them. They were let loose, I think the same day. And then they started to investigate Jesse for the, for staging the crime. He was arrested. Um, it was a couple days ago. He was arrested on the 13th. No, no, no. Nope. He did his Good Morning America, America interview oh, on the 14th, <laughs> which we will play. We'll play right here. I'm pissed off. What is it that has you so angry? Is it the, the attackers? It's the is attackers, it but it's also the attacks. It's like, you know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then that's it, because it's the truth. The uh, attacker uh, masked, and he said, this MAGA country punches me right in the face. So I punched his ass back. And then um, we started tussling. You know, it was very icy. And we ended up tussling by the stairs, uh, fighting, fighting, fighting. There was a second person involved who was kicking me in my back. and. Uh, 
then it just stopped. Then I was like, there's bleach on me too. So when the police came, um, I kept the clothes on. I kept the rope. So on. you had the rope on the entire time? I mean, it wasn't like wrapped around, but yeah, it was around because I wanted them to see. Okay, so on February 20th, Jesse became a suspect in his own case, as I said. Um, the next day, he was put into police custody. <laughs> I just feel like the turnover was like rapid fire for the CPD. I've never seen anything like it. I just feel like if you're gonna plan this, why did it fall apart so quickly? You know, like you couldn't plan better? We're going to get to theories. <laughs> We're going to get to theories. <laughs> so, so he's taken into custody. Then he bonded out. Um, I think the 22nd of February. Uh, and, you know, maintains his innocence and all that still. Some people have said that he admitted to doing it. I don't think that he's actually said that he sent the letter or, um, staged, or staged the attack. The attack. The brothers are claiming that he did stage the attack, so it's currently um, them and the evidence against Jesse Smollett <laughs> and his word. <laughs> so uh, since then, Jesse's been cut from the last episodes of Empire for this season, yeah. and the show is considering altering his role. Um, and then beyond that, just his career in general. I just don't. I really don't know that how you come so back. <laughs> It's like no one is fond of you right now. No one. There's no group out there that's like, some people are like, oh, I still, you know, I'm sympathetic for Jesse. Which like, yeah, he shouldn't go to jail. Like, you shouldn't go to jail for doing, yeah. like, it wasn't a violent crime. I don't believe most people should go to jail. But it's like, your career should at least, you should get some, you know, backlash for, some, for your career for some of that. So, um, theories. Do you have any? No. I thought you were going to say one. No. Oh, okay. Well, there's one theory out there, um, and this is what the CPD said, is that he staged the attack to get an increase on his salary. He currently gets paid $100,000 per episode of Empire. That's one theory, that that was the motivation behind doing it, that he would get more publicity. I was just like, I mean, aren't if you're going like to get publicity, 18, like... Aren't there like 18 episodes in a season? That's like over I'm sure it's something like that. Yeah. No, he makes. I mean, it's good money. So uh, I don't. I don't know how much I'm really buying that because there are lots of ways that you can make more money. Being in the public eye, like I said, leaking your nudes, um, dating someone else that's famous, even fake dating. People do it all the time. Black China is apparently available. So <laughs> I mean, there are lots of things that you can do. Staging an attack poorly. I feel like there has to be something else there. Another th um, theory is that. This was to um, get on Lee Daniels' good side. Lee, Daniel, Lee Daniels is the creator of Star and Empire and lots of other black kind of corny musical TV, dramatic TV. Mm -hmm. um, rumors were that they had something romantically going on at some point, and that's the reason that Jesse was cast on Empire. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I heard that from the, the grape, the grape, grapevine, not even like, I couldn't even Google that because it's so far back in Google. Um, to give you guys a good source. So definitely just rumor. Uh, and Lee Daniels had a cousin who was attacked in early January. Jesus. It was a gay bashing <laughs> attack. And so he made an Instagram video um, about the attack and like how he was just kind of over all of this like homophobic 
bullshit basically and like you know how torn up he was about the attack so some people think it was like like, jesse being like i want this tension me too (laughs) yeah especially if they had been romantically involved maybe lee daniels might have moved on but jesse was like let me try to get my spa back theory number two wow theory number three is um that he has a drug problem um, and it could be combined with the other two theories. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> definitely too much coke. Definitely, definitely the Lee Daniels theory. I could see him being that messy for that because he's probably one of those very like emotional creatives. But now that's the only way I can see him as someone watching that interview, bruh. It's fucking crazy. I was like, you're a psychopath. Oh, the way you're telling the story, like. He was just like us talking about Subway. He's like, I don't understand why people don't believe me. Subway's like, open 24, 24 hours. hours. Like, 24 hours. Like 24 hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> Subway becoming a clutch. <laughs> but he was very, it seemed like he was, he had practiced yeah. these lines. He was giving every single detail. There wasn't really, it was just anger. There was no, and not that I expect you to show trauma or sadness, but I mean, I expect you to stumble. He was like, boom, 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 boom. Like, this is what happened. Believe me. Empire. <laughs> they yelled empire at me he was like i, I just looked up and the noose around like, my neck answer to empire <laughs> like okay you made sure to make that point so to say he didn't look around so he didn't turn around he just kept walking and then he looks up and there's a noose on his neck and there's one figure of a guy and then the other one runs bleach. away like, don't you just smell that it's bleach yeah bro. he's like i kept the rope around my neck because i wanted them to see what what, what world we're living in i was like yeah bro he has a problem so i didn't know who jesse smollett was maybe we all should have been paying more attention maybe that's maybe that's where we went wrong because we just assumed that it like this could not be true i just feel like i'm glad that it takes me a while for me to believe that and i think the ram the ramifications following you know believing someone that's lying like this are a little less than it's low stakes. Yeah. It's low stakes. You believe him, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. He makes a fool of himself. I mean. Now we can all laugh together and uh, we'll move on. Let's move on. So how are you killing the week, bitch? Honestly, this week felt so long that I don't really know if I if I if I killed it this week. (laughs) I think (laughs) I was like really distracted and bored. Um, but I had a lot of work to do. But as I said, I just I watched dating around, which was it was really great um i helped arthur study for the bar oh that's nice no it sucks it gives me trauma i hate it but you know i'm trying to help it's just flashbacks from studying for the bar bro like i just you know when like something bad happens to you and you kind of forget the worst parts until you relive it again yeah like i had back problems and (laughs) chronic headaches and like i was just like thinking of bar problems while i slept for like a month i don't want to go back there it's a dark dark place yeah so i can't wait till he's done taking the test you got this you got it for real um and we went to our first workout class i got my class passed (laughs) (laughs) you you redeemed yourself from last week 
you definitely redeemed yourself. And we died. We went to, oh my God. We went to this work class and it basically is like continuous cardio to like today's top hits. And it like wasn't. Hip-hop. Yeah, and I mean, pop, it, it was wasn't pop. today's hot, hot takes. Pop, so. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> My instructor was a little offbeat, often, mostly. But that shit was still a workout. It was. I was really looking over at you, like, this is fun. And you were like, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> like SpongeBob when like he, he leaves the he leaves the, the water. Yeah. The air yeah, yeah. But we did a good job. I think like uh, I definitely want to do that type of workout class with more of like a hip hop feel, rhythm, on beat. Yeah, <laughs> it'd know? be really fun. I miss Maybe. dancing. Yeah, and I liked I'm the like studio Beth. though. The studio was cute. Mm-hmm. They had like little string lights up. It was in the Ukrainian village, which I never go over there. So I mean, it's at class pass. It's kind of a nice way to get around the yeah. city. I don't go and just places. go to class and feel normal and feel really rewarded once you leave. Yeah, I miss being on a team. Mandatory workouts. That was the life. No, I hated those. Mm. I mean, but you, if you're going to work out, it's better if someone's, you know, making you be on a schedule. I can't make myself do it. That's fair. Which is why we should work on discipline. <sighs> but this week has been good for just, I don't know, I feel like getting re-energized about the future, I think. How so? I had a conference for applying to business school and I feel like it's just turned into like this huge mountain of anxiety. And so I feel like actually making progress, being in like a room full of people that are equally as anxious about it yeah, and like stressed about it. It's like, okay, now you have like an entire day to just like sit and kind of handle things. Because everyone's on the same page. It's really important when you're doing higher level education or applying for something and you're no longer in the same pool of people that you would be in like high school or whatever, you know, a team, a group that you connect with people who are also struggling in the same way or else you're just going to feel like you're on an island, like feeling crazy. Like I know some people who study for the bar alone or like apply for med school or law school alone or apply for business school alone. You're just going to feel like you're failing. Yeah. The entire time. Like I can't handle it. So I'm glad that you know, I've discovered that community and I feel way more energized to get even more discipline this week. Cool. Discipline. We're going to go to another class pass. Class. Kickboxing this time. Yes. I really want to learn how to box and kickbox. Yeah. I've been telling my friend this and she's probably going to be like, I told you to come to my class. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dang, I want to go. I'd be real busy. Like, I'd be real fake busy. When it comes to sweating. <laughs> when it comes to sweating. <laughs> Anything else for Kill of the Week, bitch? Oh, what are you going to do this week to Kill the Week, bitch? I guess um, we can do a little flash forward. I don't know. I think I'll continue with yoga even though I don't want to. I think I just need to find a different yoga class. I'm just not a yoga person. I think I'm going to let that shit go. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying because there are some parts that I really do like. It's just I need a more basic class than the basic class I go to. <laughs> I need like three notches. Like, three notches. Put me lower. in a smaller class. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. like special, more yeah, special. I'm going to do that. And then I think I'm going to just try to live each day with more intention. You know, like wake up on time, get my problems in, be, you know, just 
I have to go through these like very shitty moments now to feel, you know, the glory later. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just keep being scared to not know. It's almost like even more stupid than just doing the work so that you do know. Yeah, I agree. Every day with intention. Yeah. I always re- like, I always think about that when it's too late, but it really <laughs> is like, it's a good mantra to say in the morning. Yes. You're like today I will be this. I will be the best version of this. And I will do, do this. this. Yes. Yes. When in doubt, mantra it out and go on ahead and kill the week, bitch. And I think that's all we had this week. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? I wanted to give a special shout out to my queen, Beyonce, obviously, for single-handedly saving Black History Month and uh, shouting out Meghan Markle in her Brit Award acceptance speech. Fuck yeah. And looking bomb as usual. (laughs) Um, And talking to us now. Yes, (laughs) Yes, talks to us. I'm like, whoa! Be like, caption. <laughs> We're so easily pleased. Like every little bit of you that we get, every word matters. It really does. Um, if you haven't watched Center Stage ever in your life, you're fucking missing out because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a phenomenal film. And uh, I am Jody Sawyer. She is me. Mm-hmm. She's an inspiration right. to all. Yes. And you'll never get a dance break like that in a ballet movie ever. It's a ballet dance break, though. To got to be clear. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, I like that movie. It definitely focuses on the dance. I think that's what's important in a dance movie. Yes. Less acting. I'm like they can fucking do it. <laughs> More dancing. Yeah. Si se puede. Um. R. Kelly is behind bars. Yes. Hoodie who? Where he belongs. And um, it only took us a decade. Yeah. Big, huge shout out to all the women who have been working their asses off to get him there and going through hell and high water with y'all, you know, niggas. I was on the train. (laughs) I was on the train and this black man was blasting Step in the Name of Love and happy and like, we're all on the train. Like, you can tell no one's fucking with it. He's just like, I'm just, I didn't want to leave the train car because i was feeling lazy and it was cold outside mm-hmm. so i was just glaring at him like fuck you like and no. he'll telepathically know that you're disturbed no he saw me i looked at him in his eyes and he was just like mm, and what are you like <laughs> <laughs> several people got up and left the train car so i was basically like, i was i felt vindicated because no one was fucking with the r kelly shit which is and yes he's now currently in jail so you won i won basically <laughs> so <laughs> karamas uh make sure to follow our instagram page 168 podcast we post lit shit and our twitter which we just got hey <laughs> twitter is my favorite app i'm happy that we're finally i know now we get to tweet our twitter. deepest darkest secrets but they'll know it's us and that's okay <laughs> <laughs> well thank okay. y'all go forth and kill the week bitch Like babies were pacifiers. That's right.